The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Jesus said, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, You fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar... If you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on your way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your eye, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out. And throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than of your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, For you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. My sister-in-law, Kelly, is a huge fan of the 90s show Friends. Maybe you remember it. And so much so that she can reference just about everything that happens in our lives back to a Friends episode. And she was the one who introduced me to what is known as the Chandler-Bing syndrome, or in other words, an absolute and total fear of commitment. You see, Taryn Chandler is so terrified of commitment of any kind that at first hint that a relationship is turning serious, his palms will start getting sweaty, he starts to stutter, and in a few cases he absolutely just cuts and runs. 
But if you know the story of Friends, you know that Monica was different. Still took them seven seasons to get married. But commitment with Monica came naturally. Emotional growth has its fits and its starts, but the power of true love makes a commitment like marriage life-giving. And in the end, that is what commitment is all about. It's about life and about life abundant. Commitments for us might be a set of allegiances. They might be vows, bonds, duties, responsibilities. And within the bounds of these commitments, we're meant to flourish and to thrive. As Psalm 16 has said, my boundaries enclose a pleasant land. Surely I have a goodly heritage. Almost like a garden whose wall protects the plants inside from deer or scavenging animals, commitments can be boundaries that enclose aspects of our life we choose to nurture and to protect. We talk about commitments because today is for us Commitment Sunday. We're making commitments today. And today, Jesus is building a boundary in our gospel around the law. He's using a rabbinic tool called building a fence around the Torah. And he's doing that by intensifying the commitments of the law so that a believer won't inadvertently break a commandment. So remember, Jesus is a rabbi. He's a teacher of the law. And in the Gospel of Matthew, he's more than that. Jesus is an embodiment of the law itself, the fulfillment of the law. And that law, he sums up as loving God with all one's heart and mind and soul and strength and loving your neighbor as yourself. All these prescriptions that we hear in our gospel today point to one thing, and that's love God, love neighbor, love yourself. So we're left to examine our commitments today to see what helps us to live in that love. But I'll be the first to say that our scripture today isn't an easy one to hear. Because for centuries, this scripture itself was used, among other things, to punish divorced people. So I want to put our teaching today in a little context. Because divorce was common in Jesus's culture. Divorce for any reason, actually. And of course, divorce in Jesus's time was about power as it still often is today. And in Jesus' time, that power only rested with men in a relationship. In some Orthodox settings today, it's still true that only the man in a couple can sue for religious divorce, even when civil divorce has been granted. And particularly in Jesus' time, in a patriarchal Hellenized culture, women were vulnerable They were vulnerable to abuse, to economic devastation, to social ostracization as a result of divorce. So here we hear Jesus speaking to people about examining the heart of their motivations, examining their power. And that included speaking to men about the way they went about divorce. So I wonder, can you hear Jesus exhorting his contemporaries to love their neighbors, even their wives, as themselves. 
I think other parts of this word might convict us of our commitments. I know it does for me. If you're angry with your brother or your sister, you will be liable to judgment, he says. And Jesus intensifies our commitment to be people of peace. When you're offering your gift on the altar, he says, if you remember you're not in right relationship with someone, go and be reconciled. He builds a fence around this commandment to help us see it more clearly for what it is. A call to reconciliation and right relationship. And reconciliation speaks to the heart of who we are as the people of God. People with a certain set of commitments that help us to love God and to love our neighbors more fully. And that altar, the altar he talks about there, is of course the altar in Jerusalem, but we might think about our own altar here, which is a visible and public place of communion for us with God. And a commitment to reconciliation helps us approach God with our hearts aligned to his purpose. At its core today, this gospel is about Jesus helping to make visible the invisible commitments that we hold to love God and to love our neighbors. And within those bounds, he wants for us to experience life that is flourishing. You know, we all hold commitments that structure and order our lives. Commitments maybe that we made years and years ago that take on new meaning in each season of our lives. And in a short while, we're going to honor some different kinds of commitments here in the midst of our community. We will make financial commitments to help repair our buildings today. There are cards in the pews and envelopes in front of you. And you maybe received them in the mail yesterday. Maybe, maybe not. But these commitments of your resources will enable the ministry of this church to flourish. It's going to be able to help us make sure our buildings are healthy and safe and address some perennial problems that we've had. And that work is already underway. You see it happening around you. And your commitments will help us to safeguard that mission and ministry. And today we're also going to honor a commitment by blessing the anniversary of Jim and Sally Graves' marriage. Fifty years ago on Valentine's Day, they were married They promise to love, comfort, honor, and keep one another in sickness and in health, forsaking all others, being faithful to one another until parted by death. Their lives have flourished in the context of that commitment. They've known personally what it means to love this neighbor that they've been given as themselves. They become flesh of one's flesh and bone of one's bone. They've raised a family together. They've been leaders in the Sea Scouts together. They've been with one another in grave illness and in thanksgiving for good health and healing. This beautiful commitment has meant a lot of life, flourishing and abundant. And so we will honor that commitment today. We all have commitments responsibilities, allegiances that structure our lives and give it shape and purpose. And today I want to invite you to take those commitments and offer them to God here on the altar in your heart. 
Because like every gift on this altar, it is offered, blessed, broken, and given out and multiplied for the true life of the world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.